Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, 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 everyone. We are continuously meeting um, new beautiful souls that we get to share with this entire community. But this gentleman here I've known for a while uh, virtually, uh, but the love is is still as tangible as it is if, if I met him in person. Uh, y'all join in a round of applause, scream, jump up, make, you know, turn a flip. For my brother Tom Maddox, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great, Rob. So so great to be here with you. Oh, same. And I I just found out a few seconds ago you lived in Portland, which I just left, which yeah. would have been cool to really hug you in person. But uh, we'll make that work. I'm coming back. So, uh, but how you doing, man? How's today going? You know, today today's going great. And you know, this would not be an overstatement, but I think almost every day. For the past four or so years after I came into this community has been great. Mm, yeah. In some way, it's been great. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Let's start first with, you know, tell the audience who Tom is for Tom, you know, so to speak. And then we'll jump in there and get into this understanding and stuff from there. Yeah. Well, I'd like to I like to describe myself as just, just an ordinary person who has an extraordinary life and has had extraordinary things happening to him and gifts and um just love, love, love meeting other people, being with other people and sharing that 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 common extraordinariness that that, that we all have. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Cause I definitely I could feel that sense of of openness with you. Mm-hmm. You know, to explore, to want to learn, to to feel through. Uh, which was again made me curious to want to know more. Um, so let's start with maybe even you said about four years. So when what was the incident? Like how did you come into this understanding? Yeah, yeah. I've kind of a little funny story. I'll make it brief, but I actually read an article that mentioned Sydney Banks 30 years ago. Okay. <laughs> there, there was this magazine. I don't know if it still exists, but it was called the Utney Reader. And it was kind of like, like a, a progressive, environmental, social kind of magazine. And they, they had a story about George Pransky and some other teachers who had met Sid they talked about Sid's experience. And I remember when I read about that, I was like really touched by it. But it was probably a year or two before Google. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, it never even occurred to me there's anywhere where to go with it. And then a couple of years ago, I came across um, another, uh, the first three principles teacher I met was, was Amy Johnson. Okay. Very random, very random. I met her. I Googled her then. I thought about it. I Googled her. And then I saw all these names I remember. It just came flooding back in yeah. from all those years ago. And then I was in the rabbit hole. 
of the three three principles world. So that that's how I came into it. So that's really amazing to me. Um, and once I got into it, it was very interesting in my life. So a lot of people have had, you know, um, struggles with mental health. And I am no exception. You know, I've had an extraordinary life, as I said, but I, I've been prone to, in the past, periods of really intense depression. Okay. And so coincidentally, at the same time, I'm being introduced to this, this wonderful community of the three principles. I'm going right down into like one of the deepest depressions of my life. And it was so helpful just, you know, listening to webinars, talking to people, but it was months and, and I was feeling like, wow, I'm really resonating with this message, but I'm not feeling any better. Like what's going on? But I hung in there. I hung in there. And then one day, just, just like a lot of people talk about, you never know when it's going to happen. One day it just happened. I just saw it. And I went from, you know, if zero is the lowest you can feel to a hundred, I went from zero to a hundred, like in one second, yeah. just like Sydney Banks and other people talk about, it was just one thought away and by some grace, and I call it that it wasn't my effort. I saw it and my life has never been the same since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is definitely how it went for me as well. Once I saw it, it was it was quick. And it's funny because there is a hip hop song, which they aren't talking about the principles. And it's about <laughs> this artist named Drake. But the name of the song is Zero to 100 Real Quick. Like how fast you can get from your bottom to your height. And, and in the... In the song, what he's talking about is his shoot to stardom, how fast it happened once it clicked in for him what he needed to do. Um, And so that's kind of like what I heard. And that was like, once she saw it, just one thought, but the, the 100 is the effect, the ripple it had on just about everything else, you know, in your life. And and that's exactly how it was for me. It wasn't that I saw it in one area that I was particularly trying to work on. It was like when it detangled, it seemed to detangle every aspect of my life. What was really interesting for me uh, was I noticed a couple months later, I was like, well, wait a minute, my life, it's still the same. Like I still, <laughs> I still have the same problems. I still have the same, like, like whatever you want to call them, insecurities. I still feel depression multiple times a day, but I'm no longer a depressed person. I think that that was it was partly that it was it was not seeing myself as a depressed person anymore and just knowing that that things happen all day long like like bad thoughts come up all day long but if you just leave them alone they did they just go away on their own and the curious thing about it that has been happening all my life that's no different that's always been happening but it's the seeing you know, how it works. That's what I think made a difference. And now, like, sometimes I, I don't know if this is a joke, but I kind of say like, well, you know, I I think I probably still have 99% of the negative thoughts I've always had, but my life's totally different. Yeah. And there's something to that when you know that thoughts are temporary, they hit you, they come up, and then they just go away. And it, it's almost like the law of gravity. Every time, Every time I go down, I go up. 
every time I go down, I go up. It's like, wow, when I saw that, that so that feels tremendous. Every time I remember that, I, I just feel so grateful. Yeah, it's something to the remembering, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the only game we're honestly in is trying to remember the truth of who we are. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and and the faster we could do that, the the better life seems. You know, if I can remember, because I, I too um have some of the same I was just talking about this with to to Michael this weekend and we were talking about PTSD and he was like I told a story but he can he he said that he could hear when I dropped the D when I dropped the disorder when I saw it just as stress and at that point it wasn't anything different than anything else a thought it it was like whoa you know because i do still look over my shoulder when i hear loud noises i do still you know look around as if i'm a security agent in the field sometimes I, it's, it's just you know it's in there uh mm -hmm. alarm behavior that's that's still in there but i think the biggest difference now is remembering when i do get caught up to look real fast or look at something if there's no danger there I can remember to come back now a lot faster than I ever have before. It's before I would look, see that, no, it was just a box that failed, but I'm still in whatever trauma I was or the memory of the trauma that the loud noise sparked. Now it's a, uh, oh, that's a box fail. Okay back to normal like boxes fall right like yes. it's back, back to the normal day and not getting stuck in that so I, I really love that that point you made so I see the the art behind you yeah did your art change I mean because it looks like you're one hell of a painter let me just Thank start you. there first Thank right you. well I have to tell you this is also funny too another thing I like to joke about is is I learned the principles before I learned the principles because everything that is in the understanding of the three principles, I discovered in my artwork before, before this happened. So I've been painting pretty regularly for about 12 years. And I, I just learned how to do it without thinking about it. So my work for people who know me, it's very, they call it abstract. I don't really resonate with the word as much, but it's free. It's it's um, expressive. It's very colorful, and when um, when I started painting, I noticed, wow, I'm in this really beautiful world when I paint, and it's not like the rest of my life. Things just come to me. I just move, and it's so free and easy. It's actually really easy, and then I just naturally share it with the world, too. At the same time, so I don't. It just it just blew my mind how something can be so easy and so free, and then you go to the rest of your life and it's like a drudgery or difficult. And somehow, when I came across the three principles, that same spirit that's in my painting started to bleed out into the rest of my life. So my paintings pretty much re remained the same because it was already like very pure and very like just free. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of my life has become like my painting. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. That's pretty cool. So how, when did you first start painting? How how long have you been painting? 
Well, let's see. So I started dabbling in like a lot of people, like most people are interested in art, even though they say they're not like artistic. Most people want to do something. So I was in a watercolor class about, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I had this amazing teacher. Uh, she was a beginner. She had never taught before. And I actually hired her. I was running a community program in uh, in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul. And she was so amazing. She was like 20 years old. She had never taught. And she got us painting before she even said hardly hello. She says, get your paints out. You know, um, and this thing, this changed my life, maybe more so than anything. She said, okay, get your paints out. And I want you to make the worst possible painting you can imagine making. Make a mess, make, make a total failure of a painting. So I got my paints out and I was like, wait a minute, how how do you make a bad painting? <laughs> so I just got the paints out and I started uh, just kind of moving around randomly. Like people can't see me, but I'm just kind of doing, doing this. And something after about a minute, something clicked in. It was like, whoa, this is really fun. And then I looked at my painting, which which was supposed to be a failure, but I actually liked what I did. So, <laughs> so I sort of failed her prompt to make a bad painting, but something woke up in me. And I'll tell you, that's the way I paint now. You just walk up to the canvas or the paper and there's paints out and you just put something down, you move. And it, I don't know, it just happens. Yeah. It just happens. So that that's how I learned. And, and I just, I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, what I love about it is that if I remove painting and insert DJing or mu music production for me, it's the same thing. I didn't know it at first. Again, I, I used it to help uh, or I learned about it in a, in a way to help my brother heal um, during a bad time that that he was going through. But I knew he loved music. And so I, I jumped in to learn. But you're right. I, I started learning like, whoa. Like when I push these keys or when I mm -hmm. tap this drum pad, how I'm feeling, how hard I hit the note, how hard I hit changes, everything about the sound. Yeah. And I, I remember I have a cousin who's who's into music uh, as well. He owns his own music company, actually. Um, but he was telling me, he said, when you make something, you know, again, not even he's not even a principal's person, but he says, when you make something, Leave it alone for a while and come back and listen to it. Right. And then that's how you can hear it. And and I would make something, leave it, come back. And and I could tell the mood I was in when I go listen to it. I was like, oh, I was in my head on that. Like I it, it just is too much. It's too many noises. It's too much clinking. It's too not transitioned with. Like I could really hear I was trying to make the perfect beat. Versus if I was just in here and playing with sounds, Tom. Huh? You know, just just mixing sounds that I like together in a flow or a melody or something like that. Those beats seem to just be great, you know. Yeah. And, and I started realizing, like, oh wow, it's what makes the musician, the artist, is is to free their mind. Yeah, yeah. It's to free their mind. Yeah. See, see the way you're describing it, that's exactly what the painting's like. And and I don't know if you have this experience too, but then you get to there's this awe and mystery of like like where is this stuff coming from? From exactly. Yes. <laughs> like, oh my God. Who does I'll look at a painting sometimes 
and I'll go, oh my God, who did this? Like, I, I don't even feel sometimes like I did it. And absolutely. I had this experience once where I was at a helping volunteer at an art show and I met another painter who had some artwork up and she said, well, well, what do you do? What, what's your art like? And I described it in a couple of words, but I had used the word beautiful. And she stopped for a moment and said, hey, you just called your own work beautiful. It's almost like she couldn't conceive of calling her work beautiful. But I say that when I call my work beautiful, that's like when I call the sunset beautiful. Yeah. It's not really, it's a little bit about me, but it's not really, it's not me. Yeah. Yeah, There's yeah. no... That's the other thing, Rob, I think that, that feels so good in the painting is there, there's a little bit of ego in there, but there's very little. And to have an experience where that's not running is just so, it's, it's just uh, so life-giving. And free. It, it's such a freedom um, to, to run and to just, you know, live. Yeah. Um, and hearing so many people, Quincy Jones talks about it in music as, you know, when he does a song, you have to leave room for God. Or, you know, I mean, it's, it's yeah. just like uh, Nipsey Hussle, who was coincidentally one of the hardest gang members of his time and generation. Um, he had a moment. He had an experience um, when he went back to his home country of Amitra. And I remember watching an interview of him and he said, and they asked him about why his music changed or why the sound of his music changed. And he said he realized music was spiritual. And so, of course, that threw them off him being this big gang member, tats on his face and tat. And here he's talking about music being spiritual. And he said, think about it. It comes from nowhere. That was the part that got me when he said, he's like, it comes from nowhere. Then I hear it. Then I do it. And then you hear it. And, and he was, I was just like, oh my God, there it is. There it is right there. And I, I loved that interview when he said that, because I was like, no matter what, whether we, whether people know exactly how their mind works or not, everyone's experiencing life this way. Yeah. Oh man, I love I love that story. That's exactly what it's like. I, I was uh, in a workshop, a writing workshop, with a dear friend of mine a couple of years ago, and she was giving us prompts to write to write poetry and whatnot. And at that point, I had a similar experience where it almost felt like I could see the words coming into my mind through like like a screen or something. Yeah. They're coming from nowhere through this whatever filter I am. And they're they're just coming. Yeah. It's it's really amazing to see that. Oh, it, it is. <laughs> it takes the pressure off. There's no pressure. It's all fun. And then I also realize it's the same, especially with writing. Writing's a little different from painting because in writing, when I do it, I will edit it later. Yeah. But it's the same intelligence that brought you the words in the beginning that later allows, like you say, you come back. It's the same intelligence that allows you to edit it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's a very, very good, good way. And I love the the distinction you made. I write and then I go back and edit. 
because my problem with writing was I was trying to edit as I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> so I write one sentence and then now I got to edit it. Now I got it and nothing ever got done on writing. So yeah, I've been, I've been playing with that as well, but you're right. Um, here recently I've been writing more and I could see same thing. Like I'm, yeah. you, you get, you hit record and throw me in the host. No prep. Don't need it. Just let's go. I'm in front of another human being. Let's rock and roll. Like I'm ready. Right. Um, stage to speak ready go shine write a description oh my god what do you mean the world is over you know it just that's the one place where i thought it just didn't work you know and i was wrong it was just i had more on my mind about it and yeah, yeah. so even with writing now you're right I, it just it's a flow to it it's a flow and and even the way people engage with my writing like oh my god they 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 take the feeling that I literally had with writing it when they read it. Wow. It, yeah. It's, it's super wild. It's super wild, but I love it. I mean, again, it just, I love being on this learning curve of seeing the many ways, you know, we can impact and affect each other, but yeah, it is definitely like that in the creative spot space for me as well. Kind of how you were, you were, you were mentioning earlier. So what lights you up now? What, what, what has you kind of lit up or excited about life about right now? Well, one thing that I do in my life, we chatted about this earlier, but I do a fair amount of house sitting and taking care of people's animals. And I'm about to this summer, I'm going to do a little bit of traveling house sitting. So I'm going to go out, um, going to do a little bit in Portland, and I'm going to go out to Virginia for several weeks where I have friends. And then from there, I'm going to go to England for about at least six weeks, perhaps, perhaps longer. And we'll see how far this this thing can go. So yeah. so I think I'm ready to get out. And I so love meeting people. And, you know, people, I was up in Laconor, Washington, about six months ago for a, a talk by George and Linda. And I met all these people who I had only seen on Zoom. Mm -hmm. I, you know what that's like, right? Oh, my God, yes. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> So yeah, so that's one of the things that, that really lights me up. And then the second thing is I've been, uh, for the past year, I've been working and collaborating with, with uh, Stephanie Benedetto, who you know. Stephanie! Yeah. And so we've been we've been running some, some groups and we're going to continue doing that. One of the things that we're working on is creating, we already started a little bit, um, creating an ongoing group for people who want to share because it just seems like there's such a, opportunity for more and more people to hear about the principles. And there are so many people who want to share, but maybe feel they need some support. And so we're going to try to provide some of that support, encouragement, camaraderie for people who are on that journey of sharing. So we're really, really excited about that. And we're also working on some um, creativity workshops. So some of the things that we're talking about, we're going to try to give people that experience. Um, and right now we're going to start with with mixed media, but that can branch off into um, into writing. Maybe we'll have you as a guest and and that'll branch off into DJing and who knows. <laughs> but it's about what I call it, I guess, kind of the name I'm giving it is rediscovering creativity yeah. because creativity never leaves us, but we can rediscover it more and more. So I'm really, really excited about those programs with stephanie as well that is so cool and i'm gonna tell you this you may already know it but if it's not she probably trying to keep it a secret 
Stephanie's a DJ. Oh, she is. I yes. see exactly. She doesn't yeah. tell a lot of people, but Stephanie's a DJ. Yes, we've talked about it before. I I love her. She um she reached out to me once and said, you know, I would really love. She had a group that she was she was doing some work with, and she said I, I would really love for you to you know come to the group. And at the time, I just had nothing I thought to to go with. And so I said, would you just be open for me to show up and figure out right then what we're going to do and how we're going to do it? And she was like, absolutely. <laughs> and so I got there and I was like, uh, I still don't have nothing. So I'll just start by telling you all the story. I probably was, I don't know, five, six sentences into the story. And I was like, why don't you finish? And he went to the next person, but they didn't have to keep my story. They could just pick it up and continue to tell. <laughs> and next thing you know, th this thing was all over the place. This what the story we had and how we build it and this and that. And it was so fun because we were making it happen as we were going. Yeah. And um, somehow, some way, I can't remember, but the meeting clicked off. And it was this one lady who, who, when we got back set up on the Zoom, she said, when the meeting clicked off, I was like, she originally thought like, whew, I don't have to participate into that. You know, like, because it clicked off before her time and she would have been nervous, didn't want to speak in front of everybody and things like that. She says, but I couldn't help but log back in. <laughs> like I couldn't. I, I mean, she says, I was nervous about it. I didn't want to, she says, but I just could not not come back into this room. And she picked up the storyline and then went on with it. And we, we just had a great time. And it was a, it was a wonderful experience, but it, it was that. We were, just, we were just trying to see what we got just by showing up. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I love about that story, in addition to the fact that you're willing and able to just show up without knowing what you wanted to do, but then after five sentences, you got this other idea came in. <laughs> you yeah. went with it. Yeah. You went with it. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's having like just the the willingness to do that is really and then, then you see what it opened up for everyone else. Oh yeah. I mean, again, for me, it's the only way I know. Like I, I only heard this in my heart. I never really even heard it intellectually. And so that kind of my God is off a of vibe or feel, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I'll definitely discredit what's going across the, the teleprompter of my head to tap into what the feeling is in my heart when I'm trying to do something. You know, I've walked up on stage before walking up the steps saying, you're about to bomb this. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm up for that. You know, even that, you know, even that's going to, to show something. Like, it's just no longer being afraid of life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that because really, um, like, at the end of the day, this is really like your heart waking up. Yeah. And then it helps other people wake up just by not even what you say. Yeah, sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Yeah. Yeah, the part, the piece I was telling you earlier about my brother and music, some of those calls, we didn't say anything. We just played. Like, other than, hey, how you doing today? Or what's up, bro? Other than that, we was just playing. 
change that sound, add this, add that, but no talking, talking about issues, so to speak, or going through what this mean or that mean. And he started seeing fresh for himself. Um, so it was, it, that was actually a lot more beneficial because he wouldn't have had the, the Dumbo feather. You remember Dumbo, the movie? Yeah. Yeah. So at first Dumbo only thought he could fly if he had the feather. So it's, it's sometimes how people look at us as coaches or gods or practitioners is I'm only okay. If they help me, but that's not true. You're okay. Whether I help you or not, you don't need my me to be your feather, your Dumbo feather. Right? And, and him being able to see that he could fly on his own, so to speak, has done more amazingly than him thinking the only way he could fly is if I told him he could. Nice. Yeah. So I, I really, really like that. That point you just made on that. Man, I, I really appreciate you you coming <laughs> by and, and hanging out with us. Um, I want to do two things. I want I want you to kind of talk to the community. Um, yeah. but but share any programs or where they could find the information that you're you're doing or where they could find you. So when the classes start that you and Stephanie are working on, you know, they could tap in. And then the last thing I ask you to do, Tom, is just share your heart with the community. Um, yeah. And you know how it goes. You'll be the last voice they hear. But again, man, thank you so much for being oh, here. This has been so, so amazing. Um, so as far as like some of the programs that I'm working on, I mentioned. So I'm working with Stephanie Benedetto at The Awakened Business. So you can find us there. We have a few things going on. Um, I've got my own website for my artwork and a little bit of, uh, you know, blogging at tommatox.com. Um, but I think the thing I really want to say to the community and anyone listening to this is, you know, things, I just have this feeling that keeps getting deeper, like things can get better. Like if things don't feel good, if, if if you feel down, struggling, things can get better. And there's a tremendous value like in having hope, which I never really understood before I got into this. But things can get better and they are getting better during even difficult times, but you just may not be noticing it. So if you just notice those little moments where, for example, you know, you're feeling bad, maybe you had a fight with somebody. And then it's later in the day and you feel different. You feel a little better. That's really what this is all about, that that's just how it works. And I just want to just tell people, especially people who may be suffering or struggling right now, there's hope. Uh, we here in the Three Principles community are with you. And um, yeah, just it's hope is the most most amazing thing to me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.